Thank you so much for joining us in the Kingdom Church Podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm the pastor here, and I'm so glad that you're taking the time to listen to this message. We think it's going to be something you need to hear. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, enjoy. Let's go. Man, I need this to be as loud as Jesus has been good to us. And so... We're going to have to hear you guys this morning. We're in part three of our series. There's more to the story. There's more to the story. Anyone been with us for this series? Matt, it's been so good. If you're with us last week, we looked at uh, the battle leading up to the fight between David and Goliath. And last week we teased it and we said that we're going to look at the fight, but we never actually got to the fight. Anyone remember that? And so this morning, no more teasing. We're going to look at the battle between David and Goliath. And really, this week's message is a continuation of last week's message. And what we are doing is we're trying to answer this question, how do we fight the battles in our lives? How can we fight the battles in our lives? So I want to read us a verse just to kind of whet the appetite, get us started. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 41. It says this. It says, Meanwhile, Goliath, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked at David over and he saw that he was more, he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Y'all ready for this? Our title of our message is a continuation of last week. It's Sticks and Stones. Sticks and Stones, part two. Right now, the screen's not working, it seems. So what that means, if you got a Bible, follow along. If you got the Bible app, follow along. Uh, this, this last little while, I've done something to curb an addiction that I have. Can I just be honest with you guys? I got a little bit of an Instagram addiction. Come on, anyone else out there? Don't leave your pastor hanging. I know you guys. And so I found out that there's something you can do on Instagram to help you curb uh, this addiction. And so you can actually put on a daily allotted time that you can go on Instagram. And so I set mine at 15 minutes because I figure 15 minutes is more than enough time to be online. But what I also realized is that there's nothing more discouraging than getting that reminder that it's been 15 minutes like before breakfast. <laughs> That's rough. But I've done it to curb an addiction. And the reason that I've done this, and I know that you guys are like me, I read a study this week, and it said that the average person, get this, is on social media 144 minutes per day. For those of you guys who are like, Pastor, I'm not here to do math. That's two and a half hours, pretty well. The average person is on social media for two and a half hours a day. And it's crazy. This is actually up a whole hour from 2012. Back in 2012, it's risen an hour, obviously, with the rise of technology and all that good stuff. It kind of makes sense. And um, I'm not here to talk to you guys about Instagram this morning, so don't worry. Some of you guys feeling triggered already. Don't worry. Um, The reason I want to start with this is because I actually read another article. There was an MIT study done, and it was an article discussing um, just how news and information is shared. And uh, it was basically the gist of the article was that for a lot of people now, the way that they get their news is via social media. Any of you guys like that? It's either Facebook or Twitter. I said, anyone like that? Come on, we're loud. Anyone like that? Let's go. 
So most people are getting the news via social media, Twitter, Instagram, all these things. And so what this article was saying, it was crazy. They did an extensive study at MIT, and what they found was that things that are false, information that is false, is 70% more likely to be shared as opposed to something that is true. Did you guys hear that? False news is shared 70% more, or it's more likely to be shared than, than news that is actually true. And so what that meant and what this study found out was that false news spreads three times as fast as things that are actually true. And when we put two and two together, the fact that we're on social media so much and that false news is spread, we can kind of see a correlation. Shout out fake news. But what this article was saying was that this rapid spread of false information, the one area that it's affected the most, it hasn't been politics, but it's actually been in the medical field. You guys know what I'm talking about? You see, what's happened is that doctors are realizing that more and more patients are saying no to the things that are trying to prescribe them. Why? It's because they've read something online. And so there was a study done by the the American Heart Association, and what they found out was that more and more people every year are actually declining life-saving measures because of something that they've read online. That's crazy. And and I don't think you guys are seeing how crazy this is. (laughs) People are literally looking at things online that are false and they're willing to risk their lives based on something that is not true. And so as I was reading these things this week, what I realized was that the where we get our information, the source of our information is extremely important. You need to know something about me. I am someone that is extremely skeptical. I don't believe anything. My sister lives on Daily Mail. I don't believe anything she says. <laughs> and so when I come here, like we're telling you guys stuff, I read the MIT study myself. Like I'm not gonna give you guys false information, but we just have to, we live in a time where we have to always consider the source. Have you guys, you guys got someone in your life that gossips a lot? And you guys kind of take that person with a grain of salt? It's like, yeah, I'm just going to consider the source. Like it's, you see, what I've realized that's so dangerous is that the voices that you listen to can actually determine the course of your life. The voices that you listen to can determine the course of your life. And so the sources and where we get our information is extremely important because if you have a bad source, Listen to this. You can actually live your life based on information that is not true. Everyone following? Where we finished off last week, David was just about to fight this giant Goliath. But I want to set a little context for those who have not been with us for this series. David has been anointed as the next king of Israel. David is this great warrior. He is one of the most famous characters in the entire Bible. And he has this calling on his life. The prophet Samuel has told him that he's going to be the next king of Israel. But instead of being the king of Israel, he's a shepherd. And he's in the field tending his father's sheep. And so what has happened, there is this battle going on in Israel. Everyone remember this? And what's happened is that David's faithfulness has led him to the battle. And what we said last week was that our faithfulness will always lead to a place where we see God's greatness. And so David is now at the battle, and he's got there, and now uh, he's about to see this giant. And so David has, has saw, and he's, he's in the presence of King Saul. This is where we left off last week. We still don't got the verses, but we left off last week in 1 Samuel verse 17, chapter 17, verse 37. And David said this, he said, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. 
And how we finished last week, what we said was that oftentimes our trials are training. We said our trials are training. It was David's time as a shepherd that prepared him for the battle he was about to fight. Everyone good? That's where we're at. I said, everyone good? Let's go. I need to hear someone. I'm about to preach, but I can't preach if you guys aren't ready. You guys ready? I got, I'm not lying. I got some stuff to preach. I'm, I'm setting it up, but I'm looking at some of you guys. You guys are like, like just solemn faith. It's Thanksgiving. God's about to spread a word. So I got to hear you guys ready. David is about to have the biggest battle of his entire life. He has got there and he's excited. He's about to face this giant. He says, the same God that rescued me from the paw of the bear and the paw of the lion is going to deliver me from this Philistine. That's what David says. This is what happens next. 1 Samuel 17, verse 38. It says, Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened his sword over his tunic and he tried walking around because he was not used to them. So what happens, David has this confidence, I'm going to fight this giant because I've seen God work and I'm going to see him do it again. It may look like I'm surrounded, but, and so what happens is Saul. Now we all remember King Saul. And the big thing you need to know about Saul in this series so far, what we have seen is that the spirit of God has left Saul. And so Saul is now viewing things through a different lens. Saul is no longer seeing things through a spiritual lens. He's no longer seeing things through a supernatural lens. He's viewing things in the natural. Everyone following? And so what happens is when David comes there with this supernatural, this supernatural, this demeanor, I'm going to fight this giant. Saul can't see things the way David sees things because his his lens is distorted. And so the very first thing that Saul does is Saul says, okay, I see this guy, David, with this confidence but I think he needs my armor. And this doesn't seem like a big deal, but when we understand the bigger picture, when we understand there's more to the story, what we know about Saul is that God is no longer with Saul and Saul is no longer following after him. And so what Saul is doing is Saul is going into this battle in the natural instead of in the supernatural. And so he's thinking David needs armor. In fact, David needs my armor because my armor is the best armor. My armor is the armor that I won all these battles in. But what Saul's forgetting is that the source of his strength was never his armor, it was the living God. You see, he was viewing things through a different lens, and so he had forgotten the source of his strength. Mm -hmm. Listen to this, friends, this message in these last two weeks, we're following this same theme. It's how do we win the battles in our lives? How many of you guys are going through something right now? Anyone going through anything right now? How do we win the battles? Here's the first point. It's super simple. You always have to check your source. Check your source. And now we don't got it on the screen, so you got to take notes. You got to write this one down. We got three points today. Check your source. You see, we're going to look at this two different ways. We're going to look at this through Saul's perspective and David's perspective. But first, we're going to start with Saul. Because the thing that we have to realize is that Saul is viewing things through a different lens. In other words, Saul has forgotten where the source of his strength came from. And the quickest way for us to never win battles, the quickest way for us to live in fear, in depression, with anxiety, is to forget who the source of our strength is. Because you can fight, you can fight, you can fight, but if you're not connected to the source, you're never going to win the battle. 
Come on, somebody, you're never gonna win the battle. It's like this, when I, a few Christmases ago, I really wanted these Bose speakers. And uh, they're on sale at Costco, and so I asked for them for Christmas, and the thing that was cool about these speakers is that these speakers all could connect to each other. And so there was two speakers, and then I already had like a little home theater system in my basement. And so I wanted these speakers because they can all connect to each other, and so it was like the poor man's surround sound for their house. Like if you can't afford surround sound, you get this. And so like I wanted it super badly for Christmas, and then I got it. Come on, somebody, I got it. And so I was like super excited because I got my new speakers and I put one in my bedroom, I put one in the main floor and then I have my speaker in the basement. And so my dream was like, I'm gonna blast this music as loud as I can blast it without the neighbors because I'm in a duplex, so I was kind of a little bit nervous. Um, but I was like, that's the plan. That's what I'm gonna do. And uh, like when you watch like the commercials and when you see the box, they make it seem so simple, right? Like you just click play and they're all gonna connect. But I had this frustration when I first got them because these stupid speakers were never connecting to each other. And so my dream of surround sound was declined because like, I'm trying to get them to connect, but they weren't connecting to each other. And so I was super frustrated and I began to think to myself, I must have a faulty pair of speakers because the speakers aren't working the way that they're supposed to be working. What I realized was that my speakers were actually Wi-Fi speakers. And so what that meant was that the way in which they played music to each other was through Wi-Fi. I didn't know that. I thought it was just some weird like Bluetooth connection. <laughs> and so what happened was I would often try and make uh, the connection point. I would try to make the, the group in my room. And what you need to understand in my room is the farthest point from my Wi-Fi modem because my Wi-Fi modem is in the basement. And so what happened was that when I was trying to make this group in my room, the boxes were never connecting to each other because the box in my room could not connect back to the source. You see, I had this frustration and I thought it was the speaker's fault. Like, why aren't the speakers working? But what I realized is that those speakers had no power unless they were connected to a source. Anyone see where I'm going this morning? We're talking about how do we win the battles in our life? The only way we can win our battles is if we check our source. Because if you're connected to the wrong source, you don't have any strength. I talk to people all the time, and I love you guys, and this is going to hit some people in the heart. <laughs> but I, I talk to people all the time, and they say things like, man, like, I just can't start my day without my coffee. I can't function without my coffee. Don't talk to me until I get my coffee. Anyone like that? Come on. We can be honest. And I talked to so many people, and what I've deduced is that for so many people, the source of your strength is caffeine. <laughs> and like, you literally could not live your days without your cup of coffee. Now here, I'm not, this sermon is not about stop and drink coffee. We serve coffee out there. Shout out to Good Earth. Here's where I want to go with this. You see, I think that coffee's great, but if coffee is the primary source of your strength, that's only going to take you so far. And you're never going to win the larger battles in your life. But I, I just began to wonder this week, if what if the same way so many of us, we have this routine where we don't start our days without coffee? We don't start our days without tea, whatever your thing is. What if in the same way we connected to that source, we began to say to ourselves, I'm going to connect to this source. I'm, I'm not going to start my day without God because I can't do anything without him. You know, I talk to so many people, and we live in a society in a time where it's crazy. You guys know it's crazy, right? Like, I know you guys have got stuff going on. 
And I speak to people all the time. And one of the, one of the things I hear so often is like, man, school is so busy. Work is so busy. The family's so busy. I don't think I have time for church this week. I didn't have time to pray this week. And what I want to say is check your source. Because like, I'm not sure where you think your strength's going to come from to do all those tasks. I heard a quote a little while ago, and I've been trying to live by it. I just, it's so profound. I don't even know who said it. <clears throat> but what he said, he said, when I think of all the things that are in front of me and all that I have to do, I don't have time not to pray. I'm going to say it again. He said, when I think of everything, when I think of all of those stresses, I don't have time not to pray. So many of us are like, I don't got time to pray. He's like, I don't have time not to pray. Because that, that, whoever said that quote, he understands that the source of his strength is God. You see, David understood where the source of his strength came from. But Saul was viewing things in the natural. And so many of us, we have this tendency to view things in the natural. Well, if I just worked a little bit harder, well, if I just put in a few more hours, and there's nothing wrong with working hard, but if you're not checking your source, it's going to run dry. Coffee is going to take you so far. Listen to this. Netflix, that's a lot of stress relievers for some of us. Netflix is going to, it's going to take you so far. It's really going to just avoid it, but it's not going to give you strength. There are certain things that help us avoid problems, but only certain things that actually can give us strength. And that comes from Jesus. Come on, somebody. And so for Saul, he's viewing things in the natural. And so he has to check his source. I see way too many people living on empty. I see way too many people living week to week. If I can just make it through, if I can just make it through. But what if we could begin to check our source every single morning? You're here right now, it's amazing, recharge, plug in, but what if every single day you could plug in? What if you guys downloaded the Bible app and started a reading plan? What if you guys said, I'm not going to go to work before I pray for 10 minutes. I'm not going to talk to anyone before I pray. What if we began to check our source? Here's the thing, though. There's two ways I want to look at this idea of checking your source. The first is this idea that God is the source of our strength. That's through, David's, through Saul's perspective. But I want us to look at David's perspective. Saul, who is the king of Israel, he has said to David, put on my armor and go do things how I've done them. I want to see what David says. David says this in 1 Samuel 17. He says, I can't go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. And so he took them off. We need to understand something. When Saul gives David his armor, that would have been seen as a great honor to have his armor. This was the king giving you his armor. This is, this is the top of the line stuff. And there's two ways to look at it. Number one, no one says no to top of the line. If someone offers you a Ferrari, it's like, yeah. But the other half is that David is just a shepherd and Saul is the king. And so for David, there would have been this pressure, like I gotta do things how the king does them. I need to do this because Saul is asking me to do this. But what I love about David is David realizes that the source of his strength is God. And so no matter who tells him something, no matter what source it is, if that source is telling him something contrary to what God is telling him, David's like, I'm just going to say no. 
David knew how to check his source. You see, I don't think you guys got it. You see, for so many of us, another reason that we never step into purpose is because we've been living our life based on the wrong sources. Here's the question I want to ask us. Who do you let speak into your life? I love David because David was like, I don't care who you are, because if you're saying something that's contrary to the purpose of God, I'm going to follow God every single time. I talk to so many people all the time and I ask them, who do you let speak into your life? Who, who, because the people that we surround ourselves with are the ones who form us. I, in my life, there are a select few people that I let speak into me. I'm not saying I don't hear a lot of things. I just don't take a lot of things from a lot of people. There's a select few people I'll actually let speak into me. Because what I've realized is I don't need 45 people giving me advice. Because if I have 45 people giving me advice, I'm going to get 45 different opinions. But this is what so many of us do. Anyone like this? If, if you have a problem in your life, if you have something trying to figure out, it's like, I'm going to ask every single person I know and see what they say. Here's your answer. Confusion. <clears throat> it's confusion. We need to be, when I say check your source, we need to ask the question, who am I letting speak into my life? Who do I let speak into my situations? We need to check the source. Listen to this, friends. Instagram cannot be the thing that molds your self-image. You got to check your source. I heard someone say one time, and I loved it, he said, if you spend an hour on Instagram, an hour on social media, he's like, you need to spend an hour reading your Bible because you've been lied to for an hour. <clears throat> Come on, somebody. You've been, check your source. Who are you letting speak into yourself? If you want to win the battle, we need to begin to say, who is speaking into my life? And for David, there would have been this pressure, but David said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to follow the voice of God. I'm going to go where God leads. Where God speaks, I'm going to follow. Check your source. Touch the person next to you, say, check your source. And so David says, I can't go in these things. I can't go in your armor, Saul. I'm not used to it. I've never fought my battles with armor. I've always fought with the Spirit of God. I can't, I can't wear these things. And so look what it says next. It says, so David took his staff in his hand, and he chose five smooth stones from the stream and put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. I need us to picture this for a second. The Bible tells us Goliath is this giant. He has armor that weighs hundreds of pounds. Like he's full of stuff. And David has a staff and a couple of stones. And he approaches the giant. What a scene that would have been. It's this giant, he's full of everything. And then it's just David, this boy, with nothing but a st with his staff and some stones. But here's the thing I want us to notice for a second. The Bible says that David chose five smooth stones. If you know how this story ends, I'm not going to spoil it for you, for the ones who don't. <laughs> but many people have asked, why did David bring five stones? What's the significance in five? And there's a few theories. Some people say, well, Goliath had four relatives. And so if his relatives rolled on the scene... <laughs> But I think that theory is more in jest. And I think, check your source. Someone say, check your source. 
But I think more simple than that, the reason that David brought five stones was simple. It was in case the first one missed. He needed backup. It was in case the first one missed. Listen to this. We're talking about how do you win the battles in our life? First thing, check your source. Here's the second point. In life, if you want to begin to win your battles, you better believe that it's not always going to happen the first time. It's not always going to be on the first throw. Here's the point. Write this one down. Keep throwing. You're in a battle right now? Who's in a, come on, you're in a battle. Make some noise you're in a battle right now. Keep throwing. Keep throwing. Here is the main marker, I believe, of a warrior. It's resiliency. It's the ability to say, I may miss on the first shot, but I got four more stones. Why did David bring his staff? What's his staff going to do versus sword? David's like, if these five stones miss, I'm going to use this staff for something. I don't know what it's going to do, but I'm going to keep throwing. You want to begin to win the battles in your life? Keep throwing. I heard something this week. It said nine out of every 10 startup companies fail within their first year. This is encouraging. You guys like, really, Pastor? Nine out of every 10 startups will fail within their first year, 90%. But I was doing some more research, and what I found out was this. Most of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world, they will hit gold on company, and the average was 2.5. They will have started two and a half companies before they do something that makes a difference. You see, for so many of us, we get this picture of these people, and it's like, oh my gosh, they struck gold. But we didn't see the coal. We just see the gold. Two and a half times. What that means is they fail 2.5 times on average before they ever do anything of significance. I'm telling us this to encourage us because no matter what situation, no matter what season you are in, you need to keep throwing. You need to keep throwing. Listen to this, friends. It's always too early to give up. Touch your neighbor and say, it's too early. If there's one thing I want someone to take from this, one thing, I say write it down all the time. I look at you guys. Most of you guys don't write it down. (laughs) Write this one down. It's too early to give up. You want to be a warrior? It's too early to give up. Listen, friends, a few weeks ago, and I've shared this thought with our team before. I did it a few months back. Hopefully they remember. Keep throwing. But what I said, if you guys were here a few weeks ago for Vision Saturday, our vision for this church for the next year is that every single person that calls Kingdom Church home, anyone remember this, would have one story of how God has used you to impact someone's life. That's our vision. And now, just so you guys know, Vision Saturday, it was a day, but our vision carries on for the year. And so you better get used to me saying it, because I need you guys to start believing it's going to happen in your life. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. If you want to see that vision come to fruition in your life, you need to keep throwing Because that person that God puts on your heart, whoever it may be, that God is saying, I'm going to use you to reach them. Whoever that person is, if you want to reach that person, get ready to keep throwing. You can't give up. There's people I've been praying for for a year and I haven't seen anything. But I'm going to have a warrior spirit will say, God, I don't see it, but I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep throwing. I'm going to tell you guys this. I get ghosted all the time. Shout out to the ghost. I send text messages to people. Hey, come to church. Hey, I got your connect card. And I get nothing. 
but I'm not going to give up because I'm going to have a warrior spirit. I'm going to have a spirit that says, I'm going to do whatever it takes for someone to reach Jesus. Keep throwing. You want to win the battle in your life, whatever situation it may be, whatever circumstance it is, keep throwing. David brought five stones. Why? He was ready for whatever may come. He was ready to keep throwing. And I love this thought too. I just want to say this quickly. David was confident in God, but he was also prepared. He was confident but prepared. We can talk confidence all day in the Lord. Be confident in the Lord. But you also need to prepare. Don't be mad at God for a test you failed, you didn't study for. That's not, that's your fault. Listen to this. I, 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 believe whole, I believe wholeheartedly when I come up here and I speak, I believe the Spirit of God speaks through me. I believe it. And I have confidence in it. I've seen God do it. I'll see him do it again. I'm confident, but I'm also prepared. I also woke up early this morning. I went through this message again. I went through it three times yesterday. I wrote a manuscript yesterday. I'm, I'm confident, but I'm prepared. David was confident in the Lord. God's going to fight this battle. I'm going to take out this uncircumcised Philistine. But he was also prepared. If the first stone missed, he was prepared. Be confident, but prepared, because we have a part to play in the battles in our lives. 1 Samuel 17, 41, look at this. <clears throat> it says, meanwhile... The Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and a handsome face, and he despised him. David's this young dude. And he said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. I need us to understand something. This is huge when it comes to the battles in our lives. We need to be confident. We need to be confident in the Lord. But there comes a time, no matter how confident we say we are, there will always come a time where you're put in the game. You see, David spoke a big game to Saul, to his bros. If you guys were here last week, he's like, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? I'm going to knock this guy out. You guys have anyone in your life to talk smack? Like, <laughs> but when the battle comes, they're like. <laughs> in life, you can be confident, but here's the point I wanted to make. Oh, I want us to make. In life, the battle will always expose the heart. Our hardships will always be exposed in battle. Our hearts will be exposed in battle. Hardships expose the heart. You see, David spoke a big game, but now he has this moment where this giant's coming on him. And he's like, little boy, I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to chew you up and spit you out. <laughs> David was confident before the battle, but it, what happens in the battle is where the warrior is born. And so it's one thing to be confident on the sidelines, but we need to be confident in the game. Yeah. One thing that I'm big on, I preach on faith because we're here by faith. Kingdom Church is here by faith. I'm up here by faith. And so I preach on faith. If you were here a few weeks ago, I preached a message called Waymaker. Anyone hear that one? Yeah. And I said, God always makes a way. And I preached it, and I, just, I was telling stories of how, how God has made a way at Kingdom Church and how God has brought people when we didn't have people. And so I preached that message. And I'm going to be honest, guys. A lot of times I come up here, I just preach to myself. I'm glad you guys are here. I want you guys to make noise, but I'm speaking to myself. And so during that message, I was preaching to myself. 
I've seen God's been faithful before. He's going to be faithful again. And so Pastor Ryan, you guys know Pastor Ryan from like a month ago he was here? One of the elders of our church. He called me Monday morning. And he was like, Harrison, how you doing? And he knew that we had some things going on at church. We had some gaps and then all these things. And I was like, man, I feel so good. Like I preached a message on faith and God gave me faith that I've seen him do it before. He's going to do it again. And he's like, that's awesome. That was Monday. Tuesday came. And Tuesday I was down and depressed. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Anyone been there? Yeah. I'm confident Monday. <laughs> I'm depressed on Tuesday. Yeah. And on Tuesday I was like, man, God, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what to do. You see, hardships always reveal the heart. And so it's easy to preach faith up here. It's harder to live faith. But this is why when we go back to our message, you always need to check your source. I need to connect on the daily. Because if I do something once a week, I'm not going to have faith on Thursday. I need it all the time. The, heart, the battle reveals your heart. And so David, in this moment, he's talked a big game but his heart's about to be exposed. I want to share a verse with you, actually. It's really good before we get to David. James chapter 2 says this. He says, dear friends, he says, do you think you'll get anywhere in this life if you learn all the right words and never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? I needed to share that. I almost missed it. This is the brother of Jesus, James, speaking. He says, it's one thing to talk it. It's another thing to live it. I'm speaking to someone in the battle right now. We got to talk it. We got to talk ourselves up. Talk yourself out of it. Check your source. Keep throwing. Then you got to start living it. And look at David. This is what it said. And, and what we've said in this series is that David is a man after God's own heart. And I believe that the reason that David gets this title is because David didn't just speak faith, he lived faith. And so it says this in 1 Samuel 17 it says, David said to the Philistine, verse 45, he said, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Let's go. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I know you're talking big, but you're about to come here. I'm going to strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give your carcass to the Philistine army. Let's go. And to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know. The whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it's not by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Come on, somebody. I love what David says, because and this is the heart exposes, the battle exposes our heart. And so now Goliath is there and David is now like, man, who do you think you are? David is the same on the sidelines as he is in the battlefield. And I love what he says. He says, God doesn't use spears. He doesn't use swords. All I need is sticks and stones. That's all I need. But this is the part I want us to see in verse 46. It's crazy. It says, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. How did David have the confidence to say, I'm gonna cut off your head when he didn't have a sword? Anyone thought about that? 
How did David have the confidence to speak it, to prophesy that I'm going to cut your head off? He didn't even have a sword. Listen to this. When we understand, when we realize that God is our source, our strength comes from the Lord, my help comes from the Lord, what that means is with God on your side, with God in your corner, get this, you can do the impossible. You can do things that you never thought were possible. Listen, friends, anxiety comes when we believe that we're in control, when we believe that it all falls on our shoulders. But David, the reason he had a warrior heart and a warrior spirit was because he believed that God could do the impossible. He believed that God could do things that were impossible. He could do things. He could cut off this giant's head when he didn't even have a sword. I love that thought. What can God do in your life? What can God do in our lives? If we began to believe, if we began to speak things into existence that are not there, listen to this, Kingdom Church. We started this church in a basement. And one thing I said, week after week after week in a basement with no church and no air conditioning, no people. I said, when Kingdom Church starts, every single week, there are gonna be people that give their life to Jesus in this place. We didn't have a place, but we began to believe it. We began to believe with God on our side, if God is for us, who could be against us? And we're gonna see things that we didn't think were possible. And in this next year, the reason I'm preaching this vision for the one, we're gonna to begin to see God work and do things that you could never imagine. David says, I'm gonna cut your head off. I didn't have a sword. First Samuel 17, 49, closing now. He reaches into his bag and he takes out a stone. He slung it and he struck the Philistine on the forehead, perfect shot, bullseye. And the stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. And so David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hands, he struck down the Philistine and he killed him. All it took was sticks and stones. Look at this, verse 51. David ran and stood over him and he took the Philistine's sword he drew it from the sheath, and after he killed him, he cut off Goliath's head with his sword. Side note, the Bible's not boring, you're boring. But I want us to see this. I could preach a whole sermon on this. The very weapon, the very weapon that was formed against David the weapon that Goliath said, I'm gonna kill you with, God took that very weapon and he cut off Goliath's head. There's a verse, it says the weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. Listen to this, friends. Some of you guys are in a battle right now. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to prophesy it on your life. The weapon may be formed, it's not gonna prosper. What if the same weapon that the enemy wanted to use to destroy you, God's gonna use it to take down your enemy? Let's go. Come on, church. Let's stand to our feet. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yeah. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed right now. We just want to give people the opportunity to respond to the goodness of Jesus. If you're here today, you believe that God has a plan for your life. You believe God has a purpose but you've never made that step, that first step of connecting to God, of saying, Jesus, I wanna give you my life. If that's you, we wanna give you that opportunity right now to give your life to Jesus. 
And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, we don't want to embarrass you. We don't want to call you out. We just want to give you the opportunity to respond to the grace and to the goodness of Jesus. I'm going to count to three, and all I'm going to ask is that you raise your hand. And if you raise your hand, what you're saying is, Harrison, I want to give my life to Jesus for the very first time. I want to recommit my life to Jesus. If that's you this morning, when I count to three, just show me your hand. It's super simple. Every person in this room who's made the decision before you, they're praying for you right now. God's spirit, God's presence here, he's pushing you on if you're feeling it. When I count to three, and one, two, three, just show me your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Let's pray this prayer together. Let's say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for choosing me. God, I give you my everything. I give you my wins. And I give you my sins. Make me a new creation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's clap our hands. Come on, somebody. Hey, thank you so much for listening. We hope that message was something you need to hear. If you've never had the opportunity to check us out in person, we want to encourage you. Head over to kingdomchurch.ca and plan your visit today. We'd love to see you. Until then, take care.